Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Royal Universe read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we are continuing our timeline journey with a new book. This one is The King Chronicles The Throne of Fire, the next stage in our timeline journey. Today we're covering chapter one, fun with spontaneous combustion, and chapter two, we tame a seven thousand pound hummingbird. Both of which are from chapters from chapters from Carter's point of view. As always, I have my points to focus on. So today we've got introductions, character relationship, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. We return to the world of magic with the Kane siblings who have a new crew on their hands as they go on a heist to steal a statue that could help them figure out how to save the world from ending. Unfortunately, as with most things, it doesn't work out that easily. And that's basically the sort of basic synopsis that we have for these two chapters, but don't worry, we're going into the chapter breakdown very shortly so you'll have a little bit more information soon but before we do that i want to let everyone know as a reminder that if you would like to support this podcast you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran we can get early access to the best and camp the entering storybook podcast which is another one i am involved with and all of my percy jackson youtube videos so if you would like more content from me head over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran. I'm only putting this out here because, you know, I'm broke. <laughs> um, and if you can't support me on Patreon, buy Echoes of the Past, my prequel short story to the Into the Wild series. It is the first story that is out for the Into the Wild series, and don't worry, the next instalment of that series is coming out this summer, officially on August 20th. And right now, you can pre-order the ebook for Home to the Wild. So if you like The Jungle Book, Call of the Wild, adventure stories with wolves and girls being raised by animals, Home to the Wild is a story for you. So check out Echoes of the Past right now and be sure to pre-order Home to the Wild soon after. And if you can, drop a rating and review on Goodreads if you are able to do so because the more people who leave reviews means the more people will find the story. And yes, I'm doing a huge self-promotion here, but I need to because <laughs> I need I need people to know, okay? And I have a platform, so I'm going to be using it. Don't judge me. But don't worry about getting back to our regularly scheduled content right now by going into two, the chapter overviews with chapter one, fun with spontaneous combustion. And here is the overview. We return to the Kane siblings in trouble and causing more museum chaos, but this time with friends. 
They only have five days to save the world, but first things first, it's time to steal a statue. Somehow. With the recap handled and the introduction to our new magicians, Walt and Jazz, we were off on the heist. Horace told Carter this statue was the key to the Book of Ra, but not how, where or why. But they're stealing it anyway. Unfortunately for them, they find the answer easily, but an impatient Sadie grabs the items without thinking and sets off a flaming booby trap. With a griffin in tow. Well, at least they have their distraction for the wedding party in the other room. Oh no, they're probably going to die. And that is the overview for chapter one. Uh, pretty uneventful first chapter, if I do say so myself. And I like that we're getting straight off into what's happening. Um, and what's basically going on in the world right now. Um, I just, I, I really like this introduction. Like, we're getting into the crust of things really quickly. Obviously, the reintroduction to Carter and Sadie. But also the introduction to the fact that, you know, the whole... Dejed that they put into like that locker at the end of the first book to kind of bring more blood of the pharaoh kids to them has worked because now we have Walt and Jazz who are two recruits who were the first two recruits that came to Brooklyn House they do have more but these are the two that are on the quest with them to steal this statue and they're really interesting characters I quite like them so Walt is a uh, is a charms magician and Jazz is a healing magician, which is why she was brought along, because Sadie and Carter get into a lot of scrapes. But seeing Carter and Sadie, these two kids, <laughs> being teachers and mentors to other kids is just kind of hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> because, like, it's, it's accurate, but it's also so weird at the same time. And this is coming from me, so, like, I'm on TikTok. Follow me at Aladosa Front. But I'm on TikTok and I've learned so much from TikTok. Obviously then going to double checking, like doing my own secondary research and stuff. But all the people I've been learning stuff from are so much younger than me. <laughs> and so seeing it, and like initially I was like, it's kind of weird that these kids are teaching them stuff. But then I'm like, wait, but technically kids are teaching me things too about like the world and what's happening right now. And like I just learned about the Battle of Peterloo here in the UK, like just today on TikTok. And the guy who taught me that is like 21. I'm gonna be 27 this year. <laughs> like, So I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm quite literally in the case of learning from Sadie's and Carter's in that I'm learning the way of the world from, from people I would view as, well, not children in the case of the 21 year old, but like as people much younger than me. And it's kind of wild. So before, I would think this is crazy. But now, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's kind of bad. <laughs> um, so I just thought it was really funny. Um, but I just I just thought it was really... I, yeah, I just really enjoyed that a little bit. Um, though, to kind of get into the few other things here and there, um, I just want to bring this up, just as like an aside, kind of. Um, not liking the hint that there's a possible love triangle. Well... Not a real love triangle because it was a natural love triangle, like Zyra J. Zhao did in their book Iron Widow. It'd be all three of them falling in love with all three of each other, like the two guys falling in love with each other too, and the girls falling both both with those two as well, and the guys have fallen. So like all three of them are in love with each other, sort of situation. That's not what love triangles do. So technically they're not a love triangle; they're a love line. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't like 
like they were getting the hint of a possible love triangle problem and then technically a love square with the Walt and Anubis and the Sadie situation, but then also the possible Walt, Sadie and Jazz situation. Like it's just, they've already got the initial hints and all I'm just thinking as I was reading it is to my, basically saying to myself, don't worry, it gets worse. And so yeah, don't worry, it's gonna get worse. And uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. <laughs> but speaking of that though, I just want to bring this up now because I just only discovered it in this first chapter. Um, I talked a lot about, I could think on like social media and maybe even in a previous episode, but I have no recollection of it. Um, I talked about how the whole Walter Sadie like relationship that happens later on is inappropriate because he's meant to be nearly 16 and she's only just turned 13. But as we see in this opening chapter in the first eight pages Rick it, it was literally just Rick's inability to keep things on track so either so okay so basically let's get to the situation here Walt is 14 here he is the same age as Carter and then either by the end of this book or at some point in the next book Rick either forgets that or he was meant to be 15 nearly 16 in the series and the editor of Kane Chronicles just missed it entirely and Rick missed it entirely which either way it's really bad <laughs> how are you making like you just met someone how managed to make this relationship so much more uncomfortable with this age gap when previously with Walt being 14 like Carter you know it was actually a little bit better because there would only be one year apart as seeing as Sadie turns 13 tomorrow but no they just end it it's because of this whole situation with the plot to do with Walt but like still either the editor messed up and admittedly even as a self-editing thing you should keep track of stuff like that like I have all my characters ages marked down in this huge folder for everything with a series that I'm writing again please go by echoes of the past but like I have all these ages noted down I've got that well not really their dates of birth because like there's not really a sort of a time like you don't really know what the time is or year or anything like that but anyway um but like I have all the ages worked out I have all the time skips worked out all these sort of things and what age they're gonna be and like why why hasn't Rick done this and then if he has how have they managed to, to mess that up by not catching it but I'm going to be keeping an eye out this for this in Throne of Fire to see if it is during Throne of Fire that the age changes or if it's in the final book uh, The Serpent Shadow that they suddenly change it and age him like a year and a half in six months <laughs> because that will be really telling if it is just because if it's not in this book and it is literally just the next book then that means rick does not read his own work and that is worse but if it is during this book then i could half be like okay no it's just an editor issue still bad but not as bad but if it is literally this whole book he's being referred to as 14 and then just in the next one he's suddenly 15 nearly 16 then then that's literally just Rick not keeping on top of things and that's just that's just poor work but don't worry we'll get to that when we get to that um let's kind 
there, oh no, there is one other thing. Um, <laughs> in continuing trends, Sadie has not changed as a person. Um, like, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I keep laughing. I need to stop laughing like this. But yeah, Sadie has not remotely changed as a person or as a character. I know it's only been like seven weeks since the end of the last book, but you'd think she'd be less dense. Because this girl really went over to this place, this, this whole museum, by the way, just for context, this whole museum has been booby-trapped. The whole museum, and it took them ages to even get inside without setting off any of these booby traps. Specifically intended for magicians. And without even considering, just goes right up to the scarab thing on this statue, picks it up. Thing like nothing kind of really. Well, does nothing. Oh my god! I read this chapter literally. No, I read it last night actually. So it's a fair point. Um, I can't remember something happens immediately at that point, but I think something starts to. But then she grabs the scroll. Again, pointing out whilst also Carter is telling her not to. No, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Like stuff like that. Literally telling her not to. And then the scroll in her hand catches fire. It's in her hand and stuck to her hand with these white flames. She starts shaking it everywhere, seeing all these flames going everywhere and turning into these forms and responds with, this is so not my fault. And all I can think is, bitch, it is entirely your fault. And as it continues, though she does somewhat take responsibility, she does not vocally take responsibility. It's all internal. She doesn't really apologise for what she did. We'll get to that when we get to that. But for now, let's head into chapter two. We tame a £7,000 hummingbird. Which, by the way, love that chapter name. And this is the overview for chapter two. The griffin is awake and it is not happy. Going on the offensive towards Sadie and her white flame glowing hand, it is ready to eat. Unfortunately, the griffin now isn't the only problem, as the white flames Sadie has been throwing about begin to materialise into human forms. One, when passing through Walt, makes him collapse as if sick. Only a powerful healing spell from Jazz restores him, but at a cost to her health. The flames disperse, di yeah, di yeah, disperse, I said disperse. The flames disperse and go after the wedding party. By this point, Carter realises the griffin is after the white flames. Jazz, powering Sekhmet, fights to banish these plague spirits and is somewhat successful until she collapses. Using the griffin that is an animal of Horus, the gang flee with a scroll and scarab and see plague spirits all over Brooklyn. They can only hope the mission was worth it. And I gotta say, I mean, I like this chapter. It is a good chapter, even though Sadie continues to not listen to Carter, which, you know, considering she just caused these plague spirits, basically, You'd think she would learn now it's probably best to listen to the person who knows more about Greek that Egyptian mythology sorry I was talking about Greek mythology earlier today about Egyptian mythology like just listen to Carter I know you're a stubborn little child but listen to Carter because currently 
He is the only one knowing who knows what's up. And you do not. You are just making things worse. But anyway, we're getting right into the plot here. Like, we are seeing Apophis is slowly coming to power. Like, he is controlling these plague spirits. There's a plague spirit that comes right up to Carter and says, well, basically taunts him about Zia. Talking about the sleeping girl in the, in the, in the red sands. I swear, literally, I've literally, I've not long since read <laughs> these sections. Hold on. Because um, they mention it again in the next one. I'm recording a lot today, people. Please do not judge me. Um, where is it? Place of Red Sands. That was it. She is in the place of Red Sands, Sands asleep. But if he doesn't find her soon, she gonna die. And that obviously gets Carter in a little bit of a state. But he then goes on the offensive and doing the badass stuff that he does. He takes down some of the spirits and, you know, grapples with, like, in a sense, <laughs> using the griffin to his advantage to get them to safety. And, um, you know, I really quite like it. I quite like that, like, Carter is taking on his responsibility and being badass. I like it. Um, but going back to the Apophis situation... <laughs> Um, and we're quite literally being shown in these first two chapters that literally danger is at every corner. No one is safe, even non-magical people, they're going to be caught up in this. And I know we've kind of been shown this before, but this was the first time we'd actually seen non-magical people being caused physical harm by, you know, magical things. Um, we also get to see the power that these new magicians have, mainly the form of Jazz, who is by far an insane badass but unfortunately this is going to be the only time we see it <laughs> for a really long time which is disappointing like why introduce this super cool character if you're then not gonna have her be about you know but anyway we also get an introduction to some cool new abilities um in relation to carter due to his connection to horace through the whole griffin communication like he tells the griffin to stop and the griffin just stops immediately I like that. I like that Carter has got some cool stuff. But going into the main subject elements of this episode, of course we've got introductions. Now the introduction part of this is the fact that obviously we are reintroduced to our two main characters in a way that re-establishes who they are as people. Carter is a stickler for the rules and a planned follower, whereas Sadie is chaotic and goes with the flow and doesn't think things through. Also, this we're introduced to the two new characters in the form of Jazz, like I said, a healing magician, and Walt, who is a charms magician. Um, Jazz, we know, is connected to Sekhmet, but currently we don't know who Walt is connected to, though I think it's mentioned that he currently doesn't have a path to a god yet, like he hasn't fully decided. And they were the first two to find the Dejed amulet and make their way to Brooklyn House. We don't know how old Jazz is, though I kind of assume that she may be the same age as Carter, if not, like, younger, so like around Sadie's age. I'm not 100% too sure. Or she could be older and be maybe like 15 or something. But Walt, as I said, is the same age as Carter, if not kind of a little bit more mature in that he has a sort of gravitas about him where he seems, he has like a sort of natural leadership thing, which we see explored a little bit later. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was, like, a really great dynamic that we're seeing between these four characters. Which is why I'm somewhat disappointed that Jazz doesn't play much of a main role beyond these two chapters. Like, from now 
on really all it is is Carter Sadie and Walt which is like I like Walt Walt's cool but I like Jazz too you know like Jazz like she's a healer like we literally had this opening part of like you know we need Jazz around because she's a healer and you know we get injured a lot and I'm like yeah have a healer and then I remembered literally just as I was quoting this now Jazz basically disappears. Like, she doesn't become a main staple character, which is, you know, kind of disappointing, if I'm honest. But anyway, yeah, they have a really interesting dynamic. They've clearly worked together before. They know how to work together, though clearly because they're still kids and they've not really had much time to work together, it's not the most cohesive sort of group dynamic, which feels realistic at the same time. It's like, you know, the kids who really want to work on this group project and kind of know what they're doing but are still a little bit messy because they don't fully know the direction they want things to go and then you've got people like Sadie and that group who's just chaotic and you're like oh for god's sake why did I get paired with them sort of vibe but yeah I quite, I quite like it I felt I thought it was realistic their sort of group dynamic um but going into the character relationships side of things um now, I talked about before how I was frustrated that there wasn't really much growth between Carter and Sadie. And I do kind of still stand by that point to a degree, in that I do wish there was some more growth. But I do admit that I do like that they are continuing to show that, you know, those six years apart, even though they're siblings, they have been apart for six years, and that makes things complicated what I like about this is this reintroduction that things are still rocky in their relationship because you know of, of course it will be like they've only been you know close together and close in contact these last two and a half months maybe less than that because like it's been seven weeks since um uh, Walt and Jazz <laughs> joined them and we don't know how long after them putting you know the the amulet into the locker that was so you know what we could we could probably say yeah we'll, we'll say two and a half months but they, so they've only been close together for two and a half months and obviously their relationships like half of like two three weeks of that maybe a, we'll say a month of that um they probably would still be trying to get to know each other and this additional month won't really add much to it like they're still in this complicated relationship of not really knowing what they are to each other and I think that fits it is just it's just somewhat frustrating mainly because there wasn't that much of a push previously but I don't know maybe we'll get more of a development of the relationship here but you know we'll see I just can't I like that it feels realistic in the fact that yeah no they have been apart for six years it kind of makes sense but then at the same time eh but anyway, yeah, these first two chapters I think were a really good introduction to this new book for the Throne of Fire and, you know, I like the new characters we're being introduced to, I like the new stakes, like we're getting the stakes immediately with this book, which I'm really liking. And in comparison to The Red Pyramid, I already know that this book is going to be much better paced because it is a lot shorter. Like I was saying throughout most of The Red Pyramid near the end is there was just so much in there that was very unnecessary. But the fact that this is a 24 chapter book, I feel like Rick either kind of learned his lesson the first time or an editor kind of helped out a little bit more. But I can already feel that the pacing is going to be a lot better because we're getting into things straight away, we're getting the stakes, we're getting the situation and I'm here for it. 
So yeah, a great opening. So uh, let's see how the rest of this goes. But of course, what you're all waiting for is this week's question of the episode. So I want to know, what do you think of the introduction of Walton Jazz as new magician mentees? Be sure to comment that on our social media going up the day after this episode is out. Um, and yeah, thank you all for joining me for these chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Rollinverse journey. And of course, gonna plug it again. <laughs> Be sure to check out Echoes of the Past, the prequel short story to the Into the World series on all ebook platforms. Thanks. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically where we listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Rollinverse content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.